and welcome to Book Lounge with Gloucester Book Club. I'm Christina Young. Tonight I'm joined by book club friends to chat about the themes that are contained in An American Marriage by Terry Jones. We'll also be talking about books that have kept us going throughout lockdown. Hi everyone, hope you're all well. Um, tonight I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves. Uh, we've got our usual gang going, plus we are very lucky to have a pod guest with us and that's Liz. So I'll start with me, introduce myself because that's easy. Um, I'm Christina and I'm the founder of this book club which began in 2013. Hi, I'm Zoe. I've been a member of the book club now since 2018 and I've lived in Gloucester for four years. Hi, I'm Joe. I've been coming to book club for years and years and years. Um, I joined at a time in my life when I needed an adult social life and it has repaid me in spades. It's been absolutely brilliant. Um, since I retired, I basically devote my life to doing book club. It's completely taken over my life, so I love it. I'm Stella and I'm an avid reader, and I also really enjoy running and swimming. Hi, I'm Liz. I've been a member of the group for about six years now. I joined it because for many years I had got out of the habit of reading fiction because of work, and I wanted to get back into reading fiction again. Oh, thanks, guys. Aren't they lovely? Aren't they all lovely? Um, OK, so before we get started on an American marriage, um, I just thought we'd talk a little bit about what you guys have been reading outside of our book club reads during lockdown. Stella, I know that you've been reading books. I know you've been reading loads. Just share with us what you've been doing. Yes, I have. Um, I've read I, I've read about 40 books so far this year which is quite a lot even for me God. Um, yeah so I was having a look through to see my favorites and I would say probably my favorite outside book club has been a Tim Winton book so Tim Winton is an Australian author I'd actually never heard of him but he's been named a living treasure by the National Trust of Australia and he's won a lot of awards and I read his latest book The Shepherd's Heart which deals with a lot of difficult themes. The, the storyline in The Shepherd's Heart is a, a boy whose parents, his mother dies, his father then dies um, of an, from an accident at home. And yeah. he then, um, really, he runs for it after his dad dies because he's scared that he'll be accused of killing his dad. And it deals, the, he, the themes are abuse, toxic masculinity, and quite a lot of different difficult themes, but mm. it was really, really interesting. Okay. Um, and on a lighter note, I also read Adele Parks called oh. Just My Luck, which was about a lottery syndicate, oh. which was very light reading, but a lot of fun. And it's, it was about people lying to other people about the lottery. And there was a twist in it, which I quite enjoyed. Are there a lot of sheep in the shepherd's hut? Were there, were there no. sheep? No. So, no, no, there was there was Shepherd's Heart, but it was oh, in the middle. Shepherd's Heart. I thought she said hut. Oh gosh, yeah. Okay, right. Hut. In the middle of nowhere, in in the middle of the Australian outlook back. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm glad you cleared that one up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe, what have you been reading? 
Well, I treated myself to The Mirror and the Light by Hilary Mantel, mm. which is the last instalment of her Thomas Cromwell trilogy. Um, did it on Audible, really enjoyed it. First half of lockdown was devoted to that. It's a very, very long, a long, long listen, but it's a great story brought to a, a climax that we all know what the what happens to him in the end is fall from grace, pretty dramatic. Mm. And the way she writes about history, his, writes about that period of history and the intrigue at court is absolutely fantastic. I really love it. Mm. It's something I've always wanted to read. It's just so I've read her other books, Hilary Mantel's other books. I should read that one, but it just looks so huge, Joe, to get it's through. Enormous, yeah. Try it on Audible. It's a lot easier to just listen okay. to it. Okay, guys, there's there's a good tip there from Joe. Try it on Audible. Um, okay, Zoe, you've got to tell me what you've been up to outside of lockdown reading. Yeah, so in between the lockdowns, um, luckily, we live very close to Cheltenham and they have the Literature Festival every year, which did go ahead last October. Um, and I attended one of the events with my friend to go see Dolly Alderton talk about her new novel, Ghosts. So that's what I've been reading recently. It's very light reading. I would say I'm the intended target market of the excuse me, the book. <laughs> it covers um, what is currently happening in the world of online dating and the young protagonist Nina is late 20s early 30s and she's kind of trapped in this world where a lot of her friends are currently getting married and becoming young mums um, so again very very light reading but some quite witty observations about ghosting online dating and how we choose to go out and and conduct our social lives now as a uh, a young 30 something so mm. that's what I've been reading at the moment the bright young things of, the, of this day <laughs> yeah yeah that sounds great Zoe yeah I like the sound of that and Liz what have you been doing I've been reading the long list of published novels by one of my favorite authors Amos Oz who's the premier or was the premier Israeli author um international book is shortlisted mm -hmm. and his books are not particularly light they're all set or mainly all set in Israel particularly in Jerusalem which is a place I know very well um, and I've been reading them out of chronological order of publication and it hasn't mattered at all that there are so many different themes but they tend to concentrate on personal relationships between Arabs and Israelis very much on a sort of Romeo and Juliet type theme of um, two clans trying to get together if you like. And the other book which I would really recommend, um, I chose it because just before lockdown I'd been in Thailand and this is a brilliant book called From the Land of Green Ghosts oh. and it's by um, a Thai author who no longer lives there, um, his Pascal Thayway, and it was the most amazingly rattling good yarn of sort of rags to riches from Thailand trying to cope with being a student in the West. Mm. Sounds like some really interesting readings gone on there, Liz, actually, if I may say. I found it quite hard to concentrate on reading anything outside novels for book club over the last year. Um, I don't think I'm on my own with that. I think a lot of people have said that, you know. Just I agree. Yeah, definitely. It's been quite difficult, hasn't it, Zoe? I, it's I, been I, very hard. The way I got through it, actually, was um, I know 
that I don't want to sound like an advert for Amazon here, but yeah, here I go. Um, as a Kindle reader, sometimes um, it's not my preferred format, but I did dip into it a little bit to try and boost my reading a little bit. And um, Amazon have started creating collections of short stories by well-established authors like Emma O'Donoghue who wrote Room, um, you've got people like Cheryl Strayed who wrote Wild which I think Book Club may have covered at some point and they've got many different collections of short stories from uh, women telling their stories of freedom and emancipation to thrillers to speculative fiction about global warming. I must say I read about 10 of those in the new year because I was really yeah. struggling in between this studying for a PhD reading for pleasure fell up by the wayside so I actually read a lot of short stories and I found that was a way through the lockdown that's a good tip Zoe anybody mm -hmm. out there struggling go for some short stories because there's some really good ones of those around um okay I've actually enjoyed reading supposedly some children's literature because all the time when the schools were closed um, I was homeschooling a couple of my granddaughters and I have read the entire for the first time seven books of Harry Potter <laughs> and I <really> enjoyed them <laughs> oh that's good and you thoroughly enjoyed them Liz yeah yes yeah. I enjoyed them oh that's really cool <laughs> yeah there you are guys so there we are that's our thoughts about what we've been reading or not reading in my case outside uh, you know of book club novels in lockdown um so let's now move on to our discussion about an american marriage um it's a novel by an american author terry jones it's her fourth novel and um it actually won the women's prize for fiction in 2019 the novel focuses on the marriage of a middle-class African-American couple, Celestial and Roy, and they live in Atlanta in Georgia. And their lives are really quickly torn apart when Roy is wrongfully convicted of a rape that he didn't commit. So that's just a brief synopsis of the book. Um, and the guys here tonight have been looking into themes that are contained in that book. Um, so let's start and go and ask people what they found out when they were looking at themes. Zoe, which theme were you looking into? So I was looking at parental relationships in the novel, in particular relationships between the characters and their fathers. Um, mm. What happens in the book is very early on when we meet Roy and Celestial, they were a young up and coming married couple, but there seems to be a lot of pressure on them to make a baby, as they put it, to solidify the relationship for only both sets of parents, but also to themselves. It seems to be the next natural step in their relationship. In fact, the night that Roy gets caught and detained for this alleged rape, um, they are actually um, celebrating their first wedding anniversary and, and making plans to, to start having children. Um, as well as this, uh, there are different familial structures. So quite early on again in the novel, um, Roy decides to reveal that his biological father is not actually the man he calls dad and has a lot of admiration for Big Roy. Um, it's actually a, a man who he's been given the name of but has never been part of growing up in his life. Mm. Um, not only is this a significant fact because um, Roy is really a big 
influence in in little Roy's life. So I, going mm. forward, I will describe Roy's non-biological father, but father figure as Big Roy, mm. rather than saying little Roy all the time. But this is how they refer to each other, and it's very sweet. Um, he has fond memories of him making grape soda and bologna sandwiches, and he mm-hmm. says, this is what fatherhood is. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. some wonderful one-liners in the book. Tiari Jones doesn't go too much to explain that, but you can imagine it's those home comforts and those treasured memories that is what makes fatherhood for Roy. Yeah. Did you what? find, Zoe, when you were reading it, did you, you know, there's a, there is a, the bit in the book where um, Walter happens to be sharing the same cell as little Roy yeah. and happens yeah. to turn out to be his biological dad. Did, mm. did you find that kind of thing, that, that a bit of a stretch to believe? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the whole issue of fatherhood and secrecy around parental issues really struck me as surprising in the beginning. So mm. we only come to the knowledge that Big Roy isn't Little Roy's father and actually a man he meets in prison, Walter, or Daniel Jenkins, is actually his biological father. Yeah. And before we even get to him being incarcerated, it strikes me as really odd that Roy doesn't feel comfortable enough with Celestial to tell her this fact until mm. well into their relationship. Yeah. And similarly, Celestial's harboring a fact of her own that she is a love child, as her mum calls it, um, that her parents, when they met, her father was originally married to another woman. Yeah. So yeah. by this point in the novel, I guess it kind of went over my head that Walter happens to be sharing the exact same cell as Roy. Um, mm. We find out later in the book that he kind of pulled some strings in prison to check yeah. on him. He knew who Roy was as soon as he walked in. And so yes. not being a father present in his life before, he's pulled some strings to make sure he looks after him now. So what do you other guys feel um, tonight about that? Because that was a bit of the book that I struggled with a little bit. Um, it seems like, you know, yes, he pulled strings in order to be in the same cell as as his turns out to be his biological son. But did you find that was all you did? Other people think that was a bit of a stretch of the imagination or did she get away with it? Did, she, did Terry Jones get away with that? She probably got away with it, but it stretched incredulity for me. I thought the likelihood of that happening or even being allowed to happen by the prison authorities um, was was quite far fetched. But it 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 was a vehicle for the story. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What what other way could you have introduced him, you know, the real father into the story? if you hadn't done that in the prison because let's face it he'd gone you know Roy was in prison little Roy was in prison for a long time wasn't he it was going to be difficult anybody else have any thoughts about it I kind of agree with Liz um basically it works for the purposes of the story Mm. I I didn't mind about the stretching incredulity um part of it I, I thought it worked okay um it was necessary for the story mm. prepared to accept it as part of the the whole package yeah 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 so you know you you, have you got more things you want to tell us about parenting in this book yeah there is a real sense to me um that from the novel we're looking at bonds that aren't necessarily by blood but have deep family ties Mm. so it's interesting and we'll go on to discuss this in a bit with joe's section about love But the fact that Celestial and Andre are so close growing up, it's almost kind of incestuous the way that they get together. Growing up, 
um, Andre treats Celestial's dad as almost like a second father. Mm. And there's a real focus on the novel on family relationships, but not necessarily those by blood. So I think that's something really important to take away from your reading of this. Mm. What does it mean to be a father? What does it mean to be a wife or husband? And is that something that can only be connected through the traditional bonds of, of birth and family? Or are there other ways to get around that? Yeah, yeah. Lots to think about there, isn't there? A lot, lot to think about in the book about parenting, I think. Yeah. Thanks, Zoe. That's really good. Um, yeah, so Stella, next. Um, Stella, tell us what you were looking into as, in terms of a theme here. So I was looking into the effects of incarceration. Uh, yeah, actually turned out to be incredibly interesting. So, but but rather demoralising. So, um, obviously, the the main one of the main themes of the book is incarceration. Yeah. Um, and when I was just having a little bit of research to see what the effects were, but there's so many, um, and they are so significant. So the first main effect, of course, is the breakup or the, um. The disruption of family life, which we can really see in the book, and in every aspect of family life as well. So we've got the husband-wife relationship, but also the mother, um, is it Olive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Olive. Olive, yes, dies um, during the period of incarceration um, and so on and so forth. And uh, one of the main things that really struck me is that even when incarceration finishes, Mm. Of course, these relationships do not go back to how they were pre-incarceration. It's just not possible. Mm. And in this case, the marriage didn't survive. But even if it had have survived, it would probably have been significantly changed in some way yeah. by, the, by the incarceration. And, of course, it's, it's not even... Um, it doesn't even appear to make a lot of difference that the incarceration was a false incarceration. So mm-hmm. the, the crime actually wasn't committed. Mm. That doesn't, the outcome is still the same in terms Sorry. of um, the effects. So yeah. we also know there's a significant impact on career and employment opportunities, which we saw in the book as well with the protagonist just um, not being able to carry on, he pick up his career and carry on. Sure. Um, in the way that he um, just pick it up from before. So Mm. that's really significant and that will impact every part of your life because that can impact finances and so on. In the US, I don't know if it's the same in the UK, you can also have your um, voting rights permanently removed Mm. once you've been Permanently removed, oh God. Yeah, so that's right. So for some crimes, and I think it seems to be connected maybe with violent crimes um you won't so you'll be completely disenfranchised you also will have your rights to housing and benefits and this um and a lot of associated benefits removed you won't have access to those right so again in terms of picking up your life after being incarcerated it really you it really is a very very different life that you're coming out to right Um, as we know there's a high re-arrest rate so mm-hmm. it would say re-offending but it, it's not really been described as a re-offending rate it's been described as a re-arrest rate oh, let's see maybe you're more likely to be uh, you know more likely to be picked up, be picked up. yeah sure yeah, yeah yeah so on and so forth mm-hmm. a deterioration in mental health which probably speaks for itself 
Mm. Um, mm. It's all really interesting. And then just very quickly looking at some of the background, it turns out that the USA has the um, highest level of prison population in the world and they incarcerate more youths than any other country in the world. So that's mm-hmm. that's quite interesting. Um, the USA, they had a huge expansion in prisons in the 1980s, and a lot of private prisons then started to um, come into existence. So the system's right. being privatised. Okay. Uh, then just one more thing, which is may link into what Liz when you talk, Liz, about um, race and so on. So in the US, 64% of the population is white and um, white people have 450 people in prison per 100,000. 13% of the US population is black and um, black uh, in prison, there are 2,300 black people in prison per 100,000. No, only 13% of the total population. And yeah. white people are 64% of the population, but only have 45 people in prison. It's a very worrying figure, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. so that's proportionality. And there's even a, there's even a, um, and you know, there's a school to prison pipeline. Um, so there's even a name, a terminology for this kind of process where children, particularly disadvantaged and particularly children of colour, yes. end up being um, disciplined at school. They seem to be more... Um, disproportionately, um, I had to write this down. So <laughs> school policies result in disproportionate disciplinary actions right. taken against students of colour. So, mm. yeah, of yeah. course, that, that's a massive theme of this book as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so very, very interesting and and quite sobering. Sure. Mm. Yeah, really sobering stuff. Yeah, you did a lot of research there, Stella. That, that was really cool. Um, I do remember when, when we were discussing this in Book Club, um, you know, that we did talk about the effects of that kind of separation that that would have on any relationship, really. Um, and the fact that it's not just, you know, short-term separation, it's such long-term separation. Um, I think, Joe, you're going to talk now really about relationships and love in this book as well, aren't you? Yeah, I'm looking at um, love and marriage under pressure and actually looking at their relationship and their marriage, the features in it that made their marriage a bit precarious mm. and may have contributed to the fact that it broke down um, other than the incarceration. Mm. Clearly the incarceration and the injustice done to both Roy and Celestial was the main factor, but if you dig a little bit of subtle digging under the surface, will reveal that there are a number of cracks and weaknesses in their marriage. Um, I don't know about you, Christina, but I have my doubts, in fact, whether this marriage would have survived. Mm. I, yeah, I, I thought that too. I don't know what the other guys think here, but I thought That's that too. There were already some warning signs there, weren't there, at the beginning? Freud's um, a serial cheater. We know as much that yeah. on their wedding anniversary, a number falls out with a lady's name on and his excuse is, well, I didn't call her. Yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. bit of a player by the sounds of it. He yeah. did come across as a bit of a player. I think that's true. Um, I certainly had my doubts that their marriage would have lasted long term, um, but it certainly wasn't helped by him being arrested. So um, there was a mismatch between them. In fact, towards the end of the book or somewhere, he actually says, "My mother asked me, are you a good fit with yeah. 
Steele. Mm. I think there were so many cracks in their relationship. I'm not sure it would have survived whatever happened. Mm. I think I agree with you there, Liz. I think, it, you know, it, there were, you can argue that maybe, you know, they could have made a go of it, but I think it would have ended up being an unhappy marriage, even if they had stayed together. I'm not sure it would have been a happy relationship long term for them. Yeah, I, I agree with what everybody said. And so what are these cracks and weaknesses? I mean, we covered some of them. Essentially, Roy is a philanderer. Mm -hmm. and he's out with his mates. He's picking up other women's phone numbers. And he, uh, he clearly is the suggestion of infidelity. And there is some evidence of it because when he, said, when he is called out on it by Celestial, he, he's basically saying, well, 99.97% of the time I did nothing about it. <laughs> you know, so he, he's obviously playing around a bit um, they come from very different social backgrounds mm. which creates a tension between them um, Roy is from a lower class background in the middle of nowhere in Louisiana and Celestial is from an upper middle class um, background family yeah, yeah. in um, Atlanta very yeah, cosmopolitan yeah. place so that there are two polar opposites in terms of social class and social background um, I think the parents on both sides have their doubts about the suitability of the match. And certainly uh, Olive, who is um, Roy's mum, basically thinks that Celestial is a bit stuck up. She didn't and, like her, did she? Uh, doesn't let her forget <laughs> she that. Didn't like her. And I think the, the, the pressure that must have put on Celestial, feeling that she was constantly being watched yeah. as to was she performing adequately for uh, mm -hmm. Olive's boy, basically. Mm -hmm. that, that must have been very hard for her to bear. So I, I think um, was, didn't Olive have a very traditional view of how, the way a wife should be? Very and, much. You know, looking after Roy, because that's what yeah. she'd always done. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was a disagreement between um, both of them, Celestial and Roy, uh, over how to grow her strange um, caricature doll business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Celestial has a sort of a glorified hobby of making these... Uh, dolls that are called poupées, which are basically caricature stuffed dolls. Mm -hmm. um, uh, she she wants to conduct it as a high-end fine art type of operation. Yeah. Tens of thousands of dollars for her dolls. And and hard to believe she's actually getting people to commission her for that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Roy, who's very much a self-made man, um, thinking from a business perspective and thinking about production line type of mass production system, is trying to steer her towards that end of the market. And there's a, there's a bit of tension between them as to that. Um, I think though the biggest weakness and the biggest factor in the disintegration of their marriage is its youth or its relative youth. Mm -hmm. Only been married for just over a year when um, the alleged rape happens and Roy is incarcerated, arrested, and then found guilty and sent to prison. Um, Celestial describes herself as dancing the line between bride and wife. Mm -hmm. So she's not even really reached the point of feeling solidified and secure, consolidated and secure as his wife. Yeah. All this happens. Yeah. And maybe that's an indication that she's not feeling a commitment to him. To yeah. this resolute at that point. Mm -hmm. And she also um, talks about uh, a marriage as being like bonding or grafting a new limb to a tree. And it takes a very long time for the yeah. to be firm and withstand future pressure. And compares herself unfavourably with the way Roy's dad, Big Roy, uh, grieves for Olive when she dies. Yeah, yeah. 
she's she basically saying, I don't feel the same way about Roy. Yeah. I, I, maybe I haven't got the right level of attachment to him. Mm-hmm. Whether that is her trying to justify her waning interest, I don't know. But yeah, there are problems there. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so is that all you got on that road, Joe? Or... No, I'm just coming on to um, the issue, which is a bit of a conundrum in our meetings, mm. and was certainly a subject of some disagreement between members. Question of whether oh, this is a bit good one now. Celestial <laughs> seeks comfort in Rome in a romance with her lifelong friend Andre. Oh yeah. Mm. Is this the consequence or a cause of the death of the marriage? Is Andre a comforter or a predator? Oh. I don't what know question, what the other thing. <laughs> what a question. What are the other things? Oh, well, she should have married Andre right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't just friends. Remember, as teenagers, they had had a sexual relationship. They had slept together a couple of times. So yes. they weren't really just mates. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it dawned on her quite early that it was a complete mismatch with Roy. Andre understood her. Mm. accepted her for what she was he didn't try and want to change her yeah yeah I was in two minds I've got two minds about Andre I feel that he was um he made a mistake in introducing Roy to her at the beginning (laughs) a big mistake there Andre you should never have done it um but um having done it obviously she's you know very attracted to Roy and off she goes the thing is though I just feel that once he it goes to prison um he then i don't know he almost like it's almost like he's waiting in the wings for something to happen and then he pounces and he's a bit you know he uses that situation to his own advantage i'm not saying i wouldn't do the same i probably would but i just feel that i wasn't quite so sure about andre of all the times to make your move on the lifelong love interest the person that you've loved since day one after your mother-in-law's funeral is probably one of the worst (laughs) times and yet it happens i suppose it's fully charged with emotions as joe said really heartbreaking scenes where Big Roy decides, do you know what? The only person fit enough to bury my wife is me and actually shovels dirt onto Olive's grave by hand. So Mm -hmm. very emotionally charged. But rather than just being a a fling to absolve the pain of this, that's where their relationship starts, really, after all this time. Mm. I'm kind of with Celestial's dad on this one because Celestial's dad makes a real U-turn, having been a father figure to Andre for all his life, suddenly yeah. thinks, you know, guys, you had your whole lives to get together. Now is the time, really? Yes, yes. He wasn't at all approving, was he, Celestial's dad? In fact, he, he was quite supportive of Roy, wasn't he, uh, while he was in prison? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, thanks, Joe. Um Liz, let's have your, uh, this is race now that Liz is going to talk about, I think. Yes, race and class. I mean, if you just look at the book and you read some reviews, in fact, all the reviews, it jumps off the page at you. This is a book about the prejudice of the criminal justice system in America. This is a book about the societal criminalization of black men, portraying them as... Um, a prototype of a dangerous man mm-hmm. um, and all the reviews say that um, he was just a black man in the wrong place at the wrong time so you know I, I opened it expecting a sort of 
in the heat of the night type novel to suddenly jump off the page at me. And in a way, it didn't. Um, I'm trying to put that into context, probably because we were given no information about the trial. Presumably it was a trial by a jury. Presumably there was evidence. We know nothing about that. She deliberately doesn't tell us anything about the trial. or we know that he's convicted and he's wrongly convicted. Yeah. But that can happen to white men in the wrong place at the wrong time as well. The only incident in the story that confirmed to me it was all about race is when Andre's going to pick him up and he's got a smart car and he's thinking, oh, I must drive really carefully because I'm a black man in an upmarket looking car. Yes, yes. And I get stopped by the police because they will have profiled me. Yeah. So there was that which jumped off the page. But a lot of it, race is supposed to supersede class as the problem, if you read all the reviews of the book. Mm. But I almost saw it the other way around. I mean, I had troubles with Roy. I disliked him intensely. <laughs> um, I really didn't like him. I didn't like, I found him incredibly chauvinistic. Mm -hmm. um, he describes Celestial as the portal for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. She's an opportunity, a portal for the rest yes. of my life. Yes. He gets a bit cross that her father gives her the house, but gives it to her in her name. Um, when he invests in the business, it's only in her name. And then I, I wrote a whole load of things. Um, when he comes out of prison, he says, and I quote, a woman's supposed to welcome me home. She's supposed to wash his feet and fix his plate. Yes. He thinks wives are something that you own as property. It's like a chattel, really. Yeah. And when that awful night when he's released and he wants to have sex and she doesn't he actually says let me forgive you ask me and i will forgive you i mean if i was celestial i would have chucked him out <laughs> ask me and i will forgive you yeah. um and he goes on and on about how she's supposed to be a proper wife provide a place for me in a home but the the ultimate was when he's having that fight with andre Yes. And he tells her, step away from her. You don't have to pee on her like a dog. And to me, that summed up Roy and his attitude towards women. He says to Roy, uh, to Andre, you stole her from me. And that was disrespectful to me. Yes, and that's interesting, Liz, isn't it? That's what it was about for him, wasn't it? He'd taken his property in a the way. The woman was his possession. He'd seen mm. her as his portal to a good new life because they yes. had very, very different upbringings. Um, and to me, although the book is probably written and marketed with the main backdrop of the problem of being a black man in the wrong place at the wrong time, and that led to the wrongful arrest and incarceration. The problem in their marriage was class and societal background. Yes. He won't take her opportunity to work seriously. Um, Andre, who would love to marry her and who's going to father her next child, accepts the fact, I do not want to be a wife. I do not want to be somebody's property. Yes. So I got the conflicting message 
just because I read Obama and all the different reviews on it, who yeah. pinpointed race as the primary motive of the book. Right. Yeah. But it could so easily have been about a white couple, not a yeah, black couple. Right, right. That's interesting you say that. What do other people think about what Liz has said there about that? Any thoughts? I don't know if I agree with that in terms of some of the other issues who come up in the novel, because my task for this podcast was to look into issues of family. Mm. Um, another racial stereotype that often quite happens in America is that families of colour, particularly black families, absentee fathers is a huge, huge problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that a novel nowadays does need to be intersectional in order to represent what truly is happening for a young couple in America. Um, yes, there are lots of elements of class and of gender expectations in the novel. And yes, of course, there have been people who have been wrongly convicted um, who are white um, in America and throughout the rest of the world. But the thing is, the instance is just that much higher. Um, yes. During lockdown, I watched If Beale Street Could Talk, which follows a very similar narrative. Great film. Great film, Great film very emotional film, but quite closely linked to the book in the fact that, again, it looks at a young black couple where the man has been um, incorrectly imprisoned for yes. a crime. Um, and I think not only looking at this book where race is an issue that needs to be discussed it's also a celebration of black american culture it's mm -hmm. set in atlanta there are a lot of references that are important um, we talk about things like the cosby's andre looks at a photo of him and his dad and has michael jackson hair i think <laughs> not only <laughs> the reason that reviews have picked up on this so much is despite all the troubles and the issues that roy and his family face through his incarceration it is a novel celebrating black culture and looking at the stereotypes of they're criminals mm. they have absentee fathers they're unfaithful in their relationships i yes. mean could we look at roy's infidelity as the fact that he's just playing out what is acceptable in mainstream culture for for a black husband to do Yes. There are so many ways that you could use race and, and see yeah. how stereotypes impact on, on what people are doing. Malcolm X says the most misunderstood woman in America is the, sorry, the, the most misunderstood person in America is the black woman. Um, he said that over 50 years ago and um, Celestial's still facing the similar problems of being, although she's upheld by her class status, of still being treated like somebody's property despite her considerable talent and intelligence. Absolutely. She's doubly marginalised as a black woman, despite not being the one having been in prison. She's Brilliant. held to other standards. But, but she isn't treated that way by Andre. She's only treated that way by Roy. Yes. That's why I think that it could just as easily have the same story without the racial element. It could be, you know, poor white trash from America are just as likely to be picked up because of racial or social profiling. I think, yes, Liz. I was waiting for the race elements to keep jumping off the page at me and they didn't. All it was, was two totally incompatible upbringings and two totally incompatible social ideologies. Yeah. 
Still, you were going to jump in there. Didn't yes. You? So, yes. I'm. I'm just thinking. I. I agree with what Zoe's saying about intersectionality and the fact that uh, being black, you're not black in isolation, and the same for being white. You know, a lot of other factors come into play, and so you've got. So the things you're saying, Liz, are really, really interesting, and I think that's right. You know, there's a lot to do with class, mm. and there's a lot to do with the different classes and so on, but. I'm not so sure that black can be taken out of the equation because yeah. that also has an impact. And, uh, the, you know, it's more nuanced than that. Everything has an impact. But I suppose I must just pick up certainly the research I did about um, um, incarceration wouldn't suggest that you that you would have the same rate of being a picked up if you were a poor white person and and being in um what do you call it incorrectly um incarcerated mm -hmm. it does that does not seem to be as likely anything like as likely yes as no i agree with you about that but the if you like the the frame of the story was imprisonment and a marriage that was going to break down anyway mm -hmm. and somehow i was expecting the racial issue to be a lot stronger motive of the story than it was for me. Mm. Well, if only we could have Terry here with us to tell us the answer <laughs> yeah, to these right. things that we're struggling with um, would be great, wouldn't it? Terry, if you're out there listening, <laughs> get in touch. Um, I um, actually wonder whether you enjoyed reading it and would you recommend it to anyone out there listening to us? Would you recommend it? Yeah, I would. I really enjoyed reading it. And uh, apropos what we've just been talking about, I think the beauty of the book is that it raises everything. It's not just race. It's not just class. It's the whole shooting match. Mm -hmm. The the weak marriage that's going to probably implode anyway. The whole everything in in the book is raised for you to take you to consider and, and come to your own conclusion about. Mm. It's not a manifesto for one thing or another. It's everything. Mm. Mm. Maybe that's why it is an American marriage. Mm. Yes, I mean we haven't talked about the title. It is an interesting one, isn't it? An American marriage. Um, could it equally be a British marriage? Could it be, you know, uh, anywhere else a French marriage? But um, it's it's interesting that she's called it an American marriage, which makes me wonder if she is saying it's this is very typical of of America, really. You know, this this marriage. Um, or is she making more of a point? And I wish she was here because she could answer these questions. Well, um, reading it again, Christina, actually, I've picked up upon just one line where I think it may reference the title slightly. So when oh. Andre's thinking about proposing to Celestial as Roy is still in prison but about to come out, he says what he wants most or what he can get. I haven't got the direct quote in front of me, unfortunately. Don't worry, just but do he it. says something like, marriage is the closest thing that I can get to what I want in America right now and I thought that was so striking because a marriage is a legal union that ties you into so many things particularly as a woman as, as Liz was saying um, so it seems as if Andre and Celestial are searching for something else with their relationship but mm. a marriage a union a child is as close as they can get right now in this America Mm. Well, on that note, that sounds like a really good note to finish on. Um, so thank you, book group members, for joining me. And thank you, listeners out there. 
Um, if you enjoyed listening to the podcast, please share with your friends. In the meantime, stay safe and join us again in two weeks when we'll be talking about The Beekeeper of Aleppo by Christy Leftery. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to Gloucester Book Club based in Southwest England. All our podcasts are produced on Anchor FM. You can listen through Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and many more.